welcome to another episode of C-Cubed, Cantilever's Contracts and Current Events. I'm Chelsea, and I'm joined by my husband, Alex. Hi. And in this podcast, we talk about the news of the week, our professions, and some other interests. But first, some housekeeping. So like we said last week, um, we are now on Google Podcasts. Last week, we were still going through the process of getting in Google Podcasts. We are now officially on there. All right. So we are uh, available to those, especially people who do not have Apple devices. Uh, That should be an easier way for you to uh, listen. Yeah, I feel like we just grew our listener base by like two people. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I know know at least two people. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you have a law question for me? Sure. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Uh, pretty easy this week, just because I kind of forgot that it was my week to do this question. So, <laughs> the question is, Chelsea, name all of the things protected by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's all you gotta do. It's the first one that you should have learned. All I have to do is name... Name what freedoms, right? I'm sure you can name a couple off the top of your head. We'll do that later. Um, but there may be some other ones that you've forgotten. So we'll get back to that. You can... Uh, you can... <laughs> you can uh, tell us tell us what those are. Okay. Great. So we took a little bit of a break last week. I only talked briefly about the president's health which now, I mean, he seems to be in better health than he ever was before. Yeah, he said 20 years younger, he feels. That's amazing. I yeah. need to get some of those drugs. Some of those steroids that he's taking. Yeah. Although, I wouldn't want to be 18, to be honest with you. <laughs> actually, no, that I would actually be 8 if it were 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to be 8? No. Oh, okay. I would not. Or 18. I like... Being the age that I am. Okay. But let's dive in a little bit here, talk about the state of the presidential race as it is now. Sure. Um, So we are approximately three weeks out from election day. I can't believe it. I know. we're, We're getting pretty close down to the wire. So there are a couple of forecasting models that try and forecast the outcome of the election. One of the most popular is uh, on 538.com. What they do is they sort of take the polls and they also look at how a state has uh, voted in the past and their uh, sort of just general partisanship. And right now they have Joe Biden as an 87% chance of winning uh, and a 13% chance of winning for uh, president Trump. So that is not to say that it's impossible for the president to win, but if you had a hundred cups in front of you, 13 of them would say President Trump wins and 87 of them say that Joe Biden wins. Yeah. And so just to kind of give a little perspective here, that's based on last week's kind of polls, right? Yeah, so so polls are sort of a lagging indicator. Right. What that means is that, you know, 
the polls were taken, the polls that we got today, for example, were taken over the past week or so. And so we got people's opinions as of a week ago and, and it was of people's opinions of events that had happened probably in the week prior to that. Right. So it's really a measurement sort of, of, uh, what happened sort of two weeks ago, people's opinion of those things a week ago, and we're getting them today. Right, yes. So you can expect a change based on what we've learned as the weeks go on. So this week, um, you know, President Trump is supposedly done with coronavirus and um, healthy again. And so we can maybe expect the polls to change based on that in the coming weeks they might i'm not so sure that they will change things usually tighten up a little bit prior to election day but there's really no way to tell um like for example again right now we're again at uh, 87 to 13 percent the best that the president has done was right around his uh, convention where he was at 31% and Joe Biden was at 69% um, likelihood of, of winning. And, and again, today that's a, a much lower. He has about, he has less than half of what he had um, back at the end of August. And what that breaks down to, so you need, Chelsea, this might be a, a good uh, question. How many electoral votes do you need to be elected president of the United States? I hate this question. How many how many electoral votes do you need to be elected president of the United States? It's like in the teens, right? Nope. No. Is it in the twenties? Nope. The thirties. Nope. Forties. Nope. Am I getting closer? I mean, yeah, but <laughs> not very quickly. Is it fifty? No. How many is it? You need two hundred and seventy oh, electoral votes. Okay, so yeah. You we need to explain what that means. Yeah, of course. Okay. Chelsea, how do you get electoral votes or how how are electoral votes divided by state? It's um based on representatives of the state? Sure, yeah, it actually is. So it is actually based on the congressional delegations of each state. Yeah. So what that means is that it's not just the members of the House of Representatives, but also the Senate. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why somewhere like Wyoming has an Mm. outsized proportion of electoral votes, because even though it only has one member of the House of Representatives, it still has two senators like everybody else. And that skews the proportion of uh, the votes. And that's based on their population. Yes. Yeah. And so New Mexico has less. Oh, they have the same as well? No. So we have have three representatives and then two senators. Okay. So we have five five. total. Yes. Yeah. But that's small compared to like California. Yeah. California has the largest. Yeah. Which I think has like, they have like 50 something. Yeah. Um, So... You need 270 okay. uh, to win. Okay. Right now, the current projected average electoral votes are 346 for Joe Biden and 192 for President Trump. 
Yeah, right. But that doesn't always mean that Biden's going to win. So that would mean Biden's going to win. No, I know. But like when we were doing the same thing with Trump and Hillary, mm-hmm. wasn't Hillary projected to win? She at so on election day, five thirty eight had um, Hillary as a seventy percent chance to win mm-hmm. and a thirty percent chance for the president to win. Right. So the president currently has half the chances that he did against uh, Hillary Clinton as he as he does against. Okay, but it wasn't based on the electoral college. So it is based on the electoral college. Okay, so what I said was right. Um, I so I I guess what do you mean? Like even though Biden is projected to win, that doesn't mean that he will. No, no, because it, 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 to a certain extent, it's based on polls, and the national polls in 2016 were actually really good, uh, pretty accurate. But it was just a couple of state polls that were off, um, and not by a whole lot. And so in places like Michigan and Wisconsin, they were off enough to show that Hillary Clinton was going to win those states when she didn't end up winning those states. Yeah. So, so the same thing could happen. It's possible, but Joe Biden has a far larger lead than Hillary Clinton did. Okay. And so the last thing is just a couple of, of, of states that I want to run down. Um, Biden is ahead in Florida, in Arizona, uh, in North Carolina, in Ohio. I think those are all states that uh, President Trump won. He might not have won North Carolina in the last election. I can't recall. Georgia is tied um, right now. It's a toss-up. They say there's a 50% chance that Trump could win it, 50% chance that Biden can win it. Hmm. And um, uh, Texas is also sort of a, a toss-up. Trump is slightly favored to win there with a 69% chance of winning. So, yeah, things don't look uh, great uh, for the president as far as the electoral race goes or as far as the presidential race goes. Um, we'll have to wait and see, obviously, until uh, the 3rd of November to figure out what actually happens and maybe even later than that. But as of right now, it's not looking... Uh, the greatest uh, for President Trump. Do you want to talk about ACB's hearings? Sure. I mean, (laughs) they're kind of boring. I haven't really watched any of them. I've watched a couple of the highlights. It's fine. She's going to get appointed to the bench, which just from a like pure jurisprudential point of view, I'm good with. Because I generally agree with her judicial philosophy, I shudder slightly at what that could mean in the grander scheme of things, as far as what the Democrats now will do. But I mean, at this point, I don't think there's anything anyone who would stop it, who can stop it and is going to. Right. So. Yeah, I mean the the thing that. I think Republicans were, I don't want to say hoping for, but like something that would help their campaign is the Democrats reaping on Amy Coney Barrett's Catholicism. Yeah, something that they did 
during her confirmation to the to the circuit court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they haven't really seen it the last two days, which is good because you know I. I it's weird because now we're back to boring politics, and I just. I don't think people are going to watch this or want to watch this because of how boring it is. It just makes me wonder how people are going to react to more boring politics in the future. I don't know. A lot of people have been getting involved in politics recently. And to kind of segue off onto my feminist soapbox here. Sure. Okay. Um... (laughs) is that, you know, some people are talking about how Amy Coney Barrett is a mom, right? She has several children and young children. Yep. And some people are criticizing that and saying that there's no place for that, which I think is wrong. You know, I think people acknowledging that she has a family is just another thing to add to her gifts. It's not a wrong thing to acknowledge someone has a family and a family that is doing well. Yeah. And also who has such a a prestigious position. Yeah, you know, I think that it is the position of a lot of people, even though they won't really say it out loud... That Amy Coney Barrett's version of feminism is like a fake version of feminism, right? Because she has a family and she wears dresses and is feminine, right? Which is not the way that early women in the workplace had to dress, right? They had to conform to the idea of what a boss Mm -hmm. was, Right, mm-hmm. which at the time was masculine, mm-hmm. and so we're still dealing with that issue of can you be a quote unquote real feminist and still like to bake pies and yeah. like flowers? And if you don't, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, but I I think to to limit feminism to only people who like to wear pantsuits, mm-hmm. right, is, I mean, you sort of cut off uh, a large part of the population of women who don't like those things because they're told they should like those things. They just like those things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, let's get past this idea of, well, she cooks dinner for her family every night, so she shouldn't also have a job. I you know idea yeah it's 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 like it's almost like recursive it's almost like and i don't i don't think this is the common i i i have a feeling that the idea that someone can have a family is 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 becoming if not already the norm mm-hmm. right but those on the extreme who say she's not really a feminist have sort of become the same as the anti-feminists yeah right who are like oh no, because she cooks and cleans, she can't uh, have a job at the same time as she can't have a job because she should be cooking and cleaning. Right. Right. And so it's it's kind of funky. Yeah. And that's not to say that doing both those things is for everyone or even easy. Um, that's being a mom and working. 
I mean, that seems really difficult. Yeah. And I am not a mom. And, like, I'm a full-time student and I'm, like, trying to juggle work-life balance just like that and and without kids. And so, um, again, that's just not... It's not for everyone, and that's okay. Okay, let's move on to our COVID update. Yeah, so first I want to talk about some news that um, just broke this evening. The French president, Emmanuel Macron. Macron. I can't can't speak a... I can't do a good French accent, unfortunately. That's fine. Um, But they can't say their R's. So they say like Macron. They say like girlfriend. Macron. Which I think I've always found like really funny. Like girl, girl. <laughs> I can't I can't even do it. <laughs> girlfriend. Anyway. Yeah, so he ordered really a third of France's population. So Paris and other major cities to have a nightly curfew. Wow. I can't pronounce my R's now. This is a miracle. <laughs> um, anyway, he he instilled a curfew. Yeah. From 9 p.m. until 6 a.m. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I've been to France. I, w- I was there for uh, a little over three weeks last summer. And the metros go until 2 a.m., and me, I'm like, I'm in bed by 10.30. You know, I, I go to bed early. Not in France. Not in <laughs> Paris. You know, my my friend who I stayed with, she told me, just make sure that you get somewhere, you know, you use the metro before 2 a.m. and you're somewhere where you, can, where you can walk home. And I laughed at her like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Let me tell you how many times that almost happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, Paris is just so great and safe. And I was on the metro by myself a ton. Yeah. In the middle of the night, along with women and their children. Yeah. Um, so, gosh. <laughs> I cannot imagine how difficult it is going to be to get the people of Paris to be home by 9 p.m. Yeah. That seems like an impossible task. So. Yeah. And, you know, I think we should say here that the president of France has much more power than the president of the United States does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at least, of course, in France. Mm-hmm. Um it's more like a governor in his state, how a governor has control of each town and city in the state, and they're just sort of at the will of the governor. That's sort of how it is. There's no federalism in France. So he can basically say to everywhere in the country, no, this is what you're going to do. So it's not like here we have 50 different little states no, it's it's their administrative divisions, and he can he can merge them basically at will, and so he has much more power. That's why he's able to do something like this. Whereas here, it would be a much more difficult thing to do. Yeah, and so so the curfew is supposed to last about four weeks, but but the measures really will be in place until December first. So I think 
they'll revisit it after four weeks. Yeah, probably. So a month of curfew. And we should say this is this is in response to a pretty large spike in cases in France. Yeah, so for today, they had a total of 22,591 positive cases. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, but they they were doing pretty good up until about the end of August, so... Yeah, Europe's into the second wave. We never really stopped. Some places in the U.S. that nipped it in the bud pretty well uh, after it ravaged them, like New York, have have gone out of the first wave. But a lot of the country has not ever really left the first wave. And now the second wave with flu season is going to start here soon. Yeah, and so just to transition um, to an update for COVID in New Mexico, just to give you an idea. So France, or excuse me, Paris had a total of 22,000 cases today. And New Mexico's total cases have been 34,000, just over. And of course, you know, there's over 2 million people in Paris, whereas about 2 million live in the entire state of New Mexico. So you could fit Paris into the entire state of New Mexico, the population. Yeah. So that just gives you kind of an idea. And um, speaking of COVID updates, Governor Lujan Grisham announced some new restrictions. Yeah, because we've, we've started to peak again as well. Yeah, I think it went down a little bit, which is good. Um, but yeah, we're at a high end yeah. currently. So, food or drink establishments in New Mexico serving alcohol must close at 10 p.m. each night. That's a whole hour after Paris, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hotel capacity has also been reduced to 60%, but there's some other stipulations of whether or not you have a New Mexico safe certified training program in place. So, check that out if you're a hotel. And then the quarantine has... The quarantine ruling has been amended, or her executive order for the quarantine ruling has been amended, and it just requires people arriving to New Mexico from out of state to quarantine for 14 days. Yeah, so the difference was was that before, if you went out of the state and you got a test and it came back negative, you could forego the quarantine period which is that's now been amended so you can't I assume because it is it is possible to get a a false negative yeah um but there's like if it's within 72 hours and it, it it's the fine print needs to be read out loud so make sure you check that out if you are leaving New Mexico and coming back anytime soon And then finally, the mass gatherings has gone back down to five individuals once again. We were at 10, but now we're at five. And this excludes places of worship. Yeah, they've got their own rules, so. So yeah, those are are the only big changes, and they're not even that big, I feel like. No, you know, I think it is an okay compromise. She didn't lower the restaurant's capacity right which i think would have been harmful Mm -hmm. all they've done is made so that people can't be at restaurants past 10 a lot of times 
after 10 o'clock, restaurants sort of turn into bars mm-hmm. and people get really close and yeah. they're and they're talking to each other in close proximity for a long time. So I think that's what they're trying to avoid. Sure. I don't think there are very many places that are going to be affected by this. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but I mean, I think it's I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Okay, do you have another movie critique? You know, I do. (laughs) You know, so we watched a movie that I had seen before, Mm -hmm. but I think I had seen it once. Yeah. And it was so long ago that I might as well not have seen it. I I didn't remember hardly anything about this movie. Mm -hmm. And that is the first Back to the Future movie. And you know what? It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. The acting was... Not so great in some places. Oh, uh, which is fine. I mean, it's not. It's not trying to win an Oscar. Yeah. I uh, I thought it was fun. You know the makeup, the old person makeup on Marty McFly's mom. Oh yeah. And and on Biff. Yeah. Was like so bad. Yeah. Obviously, they're much younger people playing much older people. But, you know, it was fun and it was cheesy and it was sort of really campy and I I enjoyed it. I mean, again, it's not it's not high cinema, but it's a lot of fun. It's like 80s technology and uh, it was it was really it was I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. And it had a cute like heartwarming story. The dad wins in the end. Yeah, I, I think it's good, and I want to watch the the second one again. Now, I think I've seen all three of them, but again, it's been so long since I've seen them. Mm-hmm. I remember the last time the last time I saw one was in woodshop class in either seventh or eighth grade. It was near the end of the semester. We were like finishing things up, and they just had it like on in the background. And and that was one of the last times I saw. I can't remember which one it was that I that it was on, but um, but yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. If you haven't watched it in a while, go ahead and watch it. It's it's a fun uh, thing to revisit if you haven't seen it in a in a minute. And Chelsea, you have uh, uh, your arch nemesis to to talk about. Yes, Alex, I do. Um, so you know. Back in March, when everything shut down, I was like, I'm going to grow a garden. And because with all this time that I have, and it actually did pretty well. So we have a raised garden in the backyard and we filled it with compost. And I, of course, overdid it and put way too many things in there. But we put these two tomato plants um, that somehow survived and actually grew like to the height of two of me they're so huge they're like trees they're like tomato trees yeah and you might be curious as to how we were able to keep them alive or upright well we weren't able to keep them upright i had the little round tomato cage over it before it got super crazy and it just grew up around and down from it. <laughs> yeah, they started tipping over the metal cages. They were so big. And so to sort of pull them back, we have this intricate bracing system with yeah. string and rocks. It, and It's impressive. It, it is. And 
and we got a lot of tomatoes. Yeah, we have so many tomatoes, so um, that was great. But about, what, like a month ago almost? Three weeks ago? Probably three weeks ago. So, well, no. Even before that. Yeah, there was a pecan tree. <laughs> okay, so I bought a pecan tree, like, in March. Yeah. At a local farmer's market. Planted it. It was doing great. Watering it every day. And... Alex, I think you have to tell this part of the story. Yeah, sh- sure. Um, I actually don't think you got the the pecan tree until like um, July, mm-hmm. July or August. Unimportant, but continue. Anyway, we put it in the ground, and the ground out there is really hard for some reason, and so I had to use pickaxe. It was a whole big deal. Put it in the ground, and we surrounded it with these bamboo. poles sticks and string in order to keep our dogs away from it um so chelsea's normally the one that goes out and waters the plants but she was busy i can't remember what she was doing i think she was in class and so i went out and to water the uh pecan tree whatever (laughs) and i go out there with my my little water what are they called (laughs) garden hose i don't know no the green thing that you (laughs) the pitcher sure yeah so i go out there with the pitcher and i have it full i'm out there and i go to where the the pecan tree is and it's not there in the middle of our ring of bamboo uh sticks it's not there anymore (laughs) i like look around to see no one's gotten in there it looks like and there's just a hole where it used to be. Yeah. And so, like, the next day or whatever, Alex comes and tells me, did you, or asks me, did you move the pecan tree? And I was like, what? No, I couldn't, like, I wouldn't have been able to because it's so difficult to break up the ground. Yeah. And so you were like, come look. <laughs> and sure enough, it wasn't there. And I immediately knew what happened. And it was the mole. (laughs) The mole ate the entire tree. Pulled it from underneath. He pulls it from underneath and chomps down on it under the ground, which is impressive because, again, the ground is super hard. Yeah. So I don't know how he gets down there. Well, listeners, he found the raised bed. (laughs) All of my vegetables, my vegetable garden. He f- he climbed up into the raised bed, and that is now his home. <laughs> and the reason I know this, there are several reasons. <laughs> One of them is because I immediately saw the mound of dirt. So moles, they dig into the dirt, and then they, like, somehow put dirt over the hole that they just dug and it's like a different consistency it's weird it's like pebbly and a different color and yeah so i saw that and immediately knew what was happening and like i don't know i don't know how to get rid of a mole so i just kept watering the vegetables and every morning pretty much i would hear him scurrying around or chewing (laughs) on something and so i'd yell at him to get away and i'd shake the tomato plants to scare him 
But he's living his best life Poor right now. Mole. Just wants to eat some tomato plants. <sighs> there are plenty of other places that he can go. It's true. There are so many weeds. <laughs> why why doesn't he eat the weeds? I don't know. I don't understand. So I got I don't know. Do they hibernate? I assume so. I don't want him hibernating in the raised veggie bed. And what if it's a female and is pregnant and has baby moles <laughs> in my raised bed? <laughs> I'll never have vegetables again. Okay. A little dramatic. Ugh. So, if you guys have any experience getting rid of moles, I hate to say that. Like, I'm not going to say exterminate, but it's got to go it's one way or another. So let's go back to your law question yep. of the week. The question is, mm-hmm. what freedoms are protected by the First Amendment? Okay, so this is going to be really bad. Probably. Because I kind of know, I, I mean, I don't know word for word what the First Amendment says. Sure, I probably couldn't pair it to you, but... Okay, but... The First Amendment has to do with freedom of speech. Okay. And so, what are the things <laughs> that go along with freedom of speech? That's a good question. Um, so, there, how many, how many freedoms are protected under the First Amendment? There are five. Five in total. Okay. So, I already got one. Freedom yep. of speech. Okay. Um, freedom of religion. Yep. Not... Not freedom of vote voting. That nope. sounds weird. It doesn't have anything to do with commerce or selling. No, no, that's in the that is in the body of the Constitution. That is okay. not in an amendment. Okay. Uh, freedom to protest. So it's not written that way, okay. but it is. The right of the people to peaceably assemble. So okay. I'll give you that one. Okay. Okay. So that's three. Yep. I just have two more. Yep. One is <sighs> easy. Oh, good. The other one is is more difficult. I'm not sure that I would have remembered it offhand. Okay. But it goes with freedom of assembly. Okay. Um, does it have anything to do with attending like a... A like town hall meeting or um, yeah, something like that. What do you mean a town hall meeting? Like you know how, like the chicken nugget guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna give it to you. Okay. So the it's... last one again. The last one is similar to freedom of assembly, okay. and it is freedom to petition the government for redress of grievances. Okay. So yeah. in that in that video, which is great, you yeah. should watch it. The guy is upset because uh, people use the word boneless chicken wings, mm-hmm. which are not ch- chicken wings. They're they're chicken nuggets. Yeah. He says we can call them boneless chicken tenders. <laughs> Or saucy nugs, <laughs> or trash. <laughs> it's such a great video. It's, you guys should watch it. It's so good. So you got you got okay. four of them. Okay, but the fifth one is really hard. No, no, that oh, that, w- that was the one that was harder. 
Oh. So this one should be this easy. One's super easy. Should be easy. It's one of the main ones. Gosh. Is it what we're doing right now? I don't, what are we doing right now? I mean, we're able to share a podcast and put it on the internet for millions of listeners. I wouldn't say. Uh, no, no, I know. I mean, it's okay. close, sort of, Ugh. but. Okay. Does it have anything to do with, like, sharing, like, the internet or sharing views or opinions? I mean, that's sort of, like, freedom of speech. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Which is also writing. Writing is freedom of speech. Yes. Okay. Golly. It's... I'm going to be so upset, I know. Probably. Oh, gosh. Okay, hold on. Let me think for a second. And you said it goes along with freedom of protest? No, no. The oh. the right to redress grievances um, is oh. one that goes along with freedom of protest. Okay, okay. So this one you haven't given me a clue? I have not. Okay. Not really. Okay. I would say that it is most similar to freedom of speech. And it doesn't have anything to do with the mail. I mean, that's hard to say. Lots of things have to do with the mail. Lots of things have to do with the internet. Okay. Oh, gosh. Or, like, communication in general. I'm, I mean, okay. everything has to do with... Commu- okay. Communication has to do with everything. Uh, Even up? No! <laughs> You're just gonna have to wait. <laughs> no, I don't know. What is it? Okay, I will read the entire text Just tell me of the First Amendment. Nope. I will read the entire text of the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. I mean, that's what I was talking about with articles. You said nothing about articles. Writing. Okay. Writing can be anything. Uh, okay. So, close. You did... You got ones that I didn't think you would get. <laughs> you got one that I probably would not have gotten, because I don't think I would have gotten redress of grievances for the government. Mm. But you missed press. So, pretty good. I did I? You did. <laughs> you did. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was a good question. Yeah. It's fun to get back to the basics every once in a while. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. Speaking of the basics, there's a great podcast called The American Experiment. If you guys ever get a chance to check it out, they go over the Constitution and pretty much lay out the ruling and what it means today and... It's a pretty good po- good podcast, I think. Thank you for listening to this episode of C-Cubed Cantilever's Contracts and Current Events. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Let us know what you think, leave us a review, and go ahead and subscribe. We will also leave our email address in the show notes and that podcast we gave a shout out to. See you next time. Bye.